are listening to the Redfield Arts Audio Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Redfield. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with us again and listening. Uh, This program on our podcast, uh, Old Time Radio Revisited. Uh, The heart and soul of a lot of what we do here is radio plays, audio drama, and so we thought that once a month we'd uh, present a radio play from yesteryear. We love going back to listen to them, learn what we can, and we'd like to share some of these with you. And we do that with historian and author Martin Grahams Jr. Crime, true crime. Audiences have been fascinated by crime, well, almost throughout all of modern entertainment from the um, Grand Guignol Theater in Paris, which reenacted the most gruesome true crimes of its age, to um, early films, D.W. Griffith in the teens of the 20th century, made one of the first gangster films ever. Radio was no different. Uh, the, the fascination of true crime to this day, tune into any podcast, tune into any television show, uh, even though we may know the outcome of, uh, of something that we've read about or heard about, Audiences are fascinated by it. One of the first radio programs to do this, to reenact and recreate true crime, was Gangbusters. We'll be back in a moment uh, after this word from our uh, sponsor with Martin Grahams Jr. and Gangbusters, The Battle of Alcatraz. Redfield Arts Audio. Redfield Arts Audio presents Mark Wheatley's Frankenstein Mobster The most amazing story of crime ever told My name is Terry Todd Detective Terry Todd My father was a good man A good cop I'm gonna find out what happened to him no matter what it takes. Today I want you to meet the veteran I'm partnering you up with, but there's something I want to make very clear, Detective. Of course, Captain Burns. About your father. He's still missing and presumed dead. Sorry. Uh, Nobody told me my new partner would be the daughter of my old partner. Call me Janice. Call me Terry. That is going to take some getting used to. They kidnapped my daughter. Who? Who kidnapped your daughter? Bastards. I do not know. Let her out, now! You know, there's four of us, lady. All packing heat. Are you okay? I think so. Can you run? I think so. Run! (laughs) Monstro City, where monsters live and mobsters rule. Gentlemen, what you see before you? This sleeping giant, swathed in bandages, that I have named Frankie. What your eyes see are four dead men. What the hell is A mad scientist created a better mobster. The Frankenstein mobster. Ah! With every damn bolt of lightning, big suck, 
down to the city, down to that building below. What the hell is happening? Okay, dummy. You all did. Trapped ghosts. Finally figured that out, right, boy? Get down, yes, Minnie. They can't get shooting at us. I, I can't see who who is that hanging out the cop car window. No, it can't be. One of him and better than twenty oh. of us. It seems I'm neither a monster or monster. Stop! He helped Jerry. See this? Is that what I think it is? Talisman. I can get you one. I got sources. But they're illegal. It's a good luck charm. An illegal good luck charm. Cause. I don't know what Captain Burns is up to, but... Well, you don't like him, that's clear. Something shady about him. Who's these guys? It's the Burton mob. Hey, suckers! Just a little message from the Brighton mob. Let him have it, boys. Say nighty-night, suckers! Selling them magic, uh, whatchamacallits, them, them talismans. Everybody pays big for the trinkets. Ah, keep the sales of talismans here uptown. That's where the real profit is. We want to know if you heard anything about... Where the missing bodies are going. You got a name, Arch? You, Twitch Randall, and Hyde. He did it right here. You murdered me. Get <laughs> Breathe. Just try, baby. You've got to read that spell. I'm gonna pass out. All right, give me the spell. I want you safe. Remember what she said? You'll be killed. What are you doing? Start saying your prayers. You're trying to kill us. You're already dead. Ghosts are going to the spirit world. I see them. I see them, Janice. You can see it too? Ha! I'm back, baby. Daddy, but why? Why risk your life with those three horrible... I'm here, slugger. I'm here with you. Nothing will ever tear me away from you. My, My name, name is Terry, Terry Todd. Todd. I'm, I'm a, a detective. detective. I'm a, a damn, damn good, good detective. detective. I'm a detective and a daughter. I'm a detective and a father... And Monstro City is our home. Starring Daniel Roebuck, Debbie Rashawn, and Mark Redfield. Original music score and sound design by Jennifer Rouse. Adapted, written, and directed by Mark Redfield. And now, Old Time Radio Revisited with Martin Grams Jr. It was in 1935 that radio, during its transition from infancy to a mass market of broadcast communications, that Phillips H. Lord created a weekly crime program providing not just entertainment, but a public service announcement. The program was called Gangbusters, and the weekly cops and robbers drama established a reputation for presenting authentic case histories from the files of local law enforcement. Up until then, the only crime dramas dramatized on radio were often variations on a theme inspired by motion pictures and pulp magazines, and on rare occasion they were inspired by the newspaper headlines. Technically, Calling All Cars, another weekly crime caper, beat Lord to the punch by a year, but that program was heard only along the West Coast, whereas Gangbusters was heard nationally. 
Gangbusters quickly became a national phenomenon, reenacting the exploits of the criminal underworld including Babyface Nelson, Ma Barker, John Dillinger, and even Willie Sutton. Thrilling escapades such as the Alcatraz prison riot, million dollar bank robberies were among the highlights. Among those ardent fans of Gangbusters, believe it or not, was Babe Ruth and Shirley Temple, the latter of whom became an honorary member of the Gangbusters Club and she proudly displayed her membership badge for 20th Century Fox Newsreel. Gangbusters, however, provided more than just crime capers. Every broadcast would conclude with a recent police bulletin describing clues of convicts at large. These were assailants that were wanted by the FBI and local law enforcement. Radio listeners paid close attention to those details, which gave the police an edge in apprehending, I kid you not, more than 300 criminals during the program's 20-year history. That's amazing when you consider the fact that only verbal description of the criminals were provided. Well remembered today as a radio program, Gangbusters also became a cliffhanger serial for the big screen, a weekly television program, and a lengthy series of comic books. As I mentioned a few moments ago, among the highlights of the series was a dramatization of the daring Alcatraz prison riot, which not only made news headlines that week, it happened nine days prior to the broadcast, from the evening of May 11, 1946, dramatizing the Alcatraz prison riot. And now, Gangbusters! Gangbusters, presented in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States. The only national program that brings you authentic police case histories. citizens of America, slowly recovering from four long years of war, were shocked to hear of a new battle on a 12-acre island in San Francisco Bay, the Battle of Alcatraz. Alcatraz, so named in 1775 by the Spanish settlers of California, Isla de Alcatraces, the island of the Pelicans, a heap of rocks jutting up into the Golden Gate, a mile and a half northeast of San Francisco's famous waterfront district. For nearly 100 years, the island of the Pelicans has been a prison. First, as disciplinary barracks for military offenders of the United States Army. For the last 13 years, the place of confinement selected by the United States Department of Justice for discipline, segregation, punishment of the most desperate and hopelessly incorrigible criminals. For 280 convicts, the rock is the last stop before hell. Last week, there was trouble on the rock. Five dead, 16 wounded. Was the revolt of the nation's most desperate criminals spontaneous? Was it the result of a moment's opportunity? Or was it the result of years of meticulous planning, 
Four years ago, in the summer of 1942, at another federal penitentiary on McNeil Island in the state of Washington, a veteran convict, a notorious dealer in accurate grapevine information, walked up to a guard who was on duty in the prison kitchen. You better get back to slicing those apples, Tom. Yeah, sure, but can I say a word to you, mister? Okay. What is it? Hey, look. I got the dope. You're up for a transfer to Alcatraz. You're gonna be a guard on the rock. So what? You're headed for trouble. What gives you that idea? I wouldn't be telling you, except you've been a pretty square guy with us cons. So maybe I can do you a favor. Don't take the job on the rock, mister. No? Why not? Don't take it, that's all. There'll be a big break there. It'll be a long time coming, but when it does, it'll be a regular massacre. A massacre? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. A massacre on the rock? Impossible. Alcatraz is escape-proof. Silent at all times in the cell house. Cell bars are tool-proof alloys. Photoelectric cells that detect even the smallest pin. Machine guns. Concrete walls. A 20-foot cyclone fence topped with barbed wire. Then the water. A mile of treacherous tidal currents, you see. Alcatraz is escape-proof. What makes you think so, bud? Let me tell you something. That con up at McNeil Island has the right dope. Yeah, he ought to get a knife between the ribs for cracking his yap. Shut up, will you? I'm telling this guy something. Okay, okay. You see, this big building is right next to the water. We figure once we get out and take care of the tower guards, we'll have our pick of the boats at the dock. Oh, you're wasting your time. No one escapes from Alcatraz. You couldn't even begin. Wasting our time, huh? We got lots of it to waste. What's time? And where could we begin? Show them the handkerchief. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. See that handkerchief? That little rag. That's what we'll use to crank out of Alcatraz. That's what'll whip your machine guns and the steel bars and the electric eyes. We'll tie a knot in the handkerchief. We'll use it to reach through the bars and pick up a pair of pliers from a workman's kit. Oh, it'll take time, lots of time. But we got plenty of time. And with the pliers, we loosen some plumbing. And when we get ready to use the pipes, we put them all together with the pliers. And we got a nice little gadget that spreads bars like they was paper. Also, a nice little gadget to bump some guards over the skull. Okay. Well, here's how we get it figured. You see, this big cell house has four cell blocks. A, B, C, and D, running the whole length of the building. Now, the only guy with guns is a guard that walks in what they call a gun gallery. And this gun gallery runs across the end of the cell house. It's really a catwalk stuck on the end of the building but separated from the cell tiers by iron bars. Well, this guard walks back and forth in the gun gallery looking things over. We take care of this guard, sitting pretty. Don't forget about the gun. Yeah, yeah. This guard is always carrying a rifle and a sweet little 45 automatic. Now, Bernie Coy and another con got the job sweeping up the corridors between the cell block and the gun gallery. Once in a while, Coley manages to climb up and give the bars to the gun gallery a little spread so they can squeeze through. And the idea is, get the guns and stick up the floor guards who got no guns. 
and it's all set. I guess it's around two in the afternoon that they're gonna squeeze through and lay for this guard. It was a tight squeeze, Coy. I didn't think you'd make it. I did, didn't I? Boy, if I'd been waiting for this. As soon as the guard passes, I'll grab him, slug him, and I'll grab his guns. Shh, he's coming. Now, hey, slug him, right? I'll get the cell block keys and let you other guys out. You got him? Ah, I got the key. Hey, get his guns, too. We're gonna make it all right. I'll let Tress and you other guys out. Okay, come on. Shut up, you guys. Shut up. Okay, we'll get the key to the outside door. Tell me how quickly the thing's cooked, I say. All right. We counted on this guard having the key to let us outside the cell house. Okay, he didn't. But we got his guns and we got a fighting chance. Well, I ain't giving up. Me neither. Okay. On with you. How do we wake it? All right. Make some noise so you and the other guards will come running. They won't expect nothing. Yeah. Well, one of them ought to have the outside keys. A dozen or more dangerous criminals now have the appetizer to their meal of freedom. They are out of their cells and armed. But without the keys to the outside door, their chances of full freedom are hopeless. And they know it. In the meantime, the four o'clock shift of guards is in a locker room in the same building adjacent to the troubled cell tiers. Changing into their uniforms, about to go on duty, these relief guards who carry no guns have no idea that a score or more desperate convicts are free and armed on the other side of a heavy steel door. Hold it, fellas. Huh? Quiet. Just a minute. What's up, Harry? Shh. Hear that noise through the door? Yeah, from the cell blocks. Yeah, come on, let's have a look. All right. I'll get the door. Hey, it's quieted down. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Hey, look, this first cell, it's empty. Hey, hey watch it, watch it, loose. Right into the cell. Oh, they got me again. All right, the rest of you, act dead. Open that cell door, Corey. Okay. See if those guards got the keys. All you guys start searching them. They all look dead. Yeah. Well, search them. If we're getting out, we need those keys. Hey, here's one still kicking. Let me add him. Hey, you. Oh. Give me the keys to the outside. I have no keys. Oh, you haven't, huh? Oh. That's for not having the keys, and this is for nothing. Hey, Kretzer. Yeah? The other guys ain't got no keys either. Huh? Oh. Looks like we're cooked, guys. Maybe we've got a quarter quits. Well... What do the rest of you guys say? No, no, no. Okay, we fight it out. We can't get out one way, we'll take the other, right? Oh, I'm with you, Crutcher. Mad up, boy, Thompson. Who else? Help me, Andrew. Okay. Let's think this out a little. From the warden, United States Penitentiary, Alcatraz Island, to the United States Navy, Coast Guard, and San Francisco Police Department. Serious trouble has broken out. Convicts are armed and at large in the cell house. 
I have issued a riot call and placed armed guards at strategic locations. Most of our officers are imprisoned in the cell house. 3.18 p.m. To the Commandant, San Francisco Naval Base. Subject, Alcatraz Riot. One, dispatch immediately one company U.S. Marines to assist Warden, United States Penitentiary, Alcatraz Island. Two, assign all available patrol craft to surround and maintain constant vigilance, Alcatraz Island. Signed, Commandant, 12th Naval District. All Thursday night, May 2nd, the traces of the attackers and the ping of bullets of the besieged streak the sky over the Golden Gate. The battle rages without let-up. Residents of San Francisco lined the waterfront to see firsthand what they had heard in the special broadcasts and in the papers. People throng in fascination, for death is the label on each of the bullets which line the sky in blood red. On the Great Golden Gate Bridge, a sailor and his girl edged to the railing. What are those red streaks? Fireworks? Those are the bullets, baby. Tracer bullets. Gee, there are a lot of them. I don't understand it. If they haven't got a chance, what are those convicts fighting for? I don't know, baby. They probably figure they'll get electrocuted or something anyhow, so maybe they'd rather do it this way. I wonder who they are. Not very nice to know. I guarantee you that. You know, I feel kind of sorry for them. Well, anyway, all those tracer bullets and everything, it's pretty. Yes, young lady, very pretty. And who are the men, those prisoners of other men, decent men? Who are those convicts trying to blast their way to a freedom that could mean nothing but more violence and more bloodshed? Those men for whom you feel kind of sorry. Listen. Joseph Paul Kretzer, murder. They also robbed banks, 15 or 16. I forget which. Myra Nedgar Thompson. I killed a cop. Morris Franklin Hobbit. Me, I shot a cop too. Kidnapped another one. Bernard Paul Coy. I'm on the rock for robbing the bank. This is my fourth time over. Clarence Kahn, murderer, kidnapper. Sam Shockley, kidnapper, bank robber, escape artist. Those are six of the men. Six of the ringleaders, six desperate killers. In a moment, You'll learn how they came to be inmates of the rock. Now, back to Gangbusters and tonight's special dramatization of the Battle of Alcatraz. The list of 280 Alcatraz convicts recalls murder, bank robbery, kidnapping with each name. High up the list, and the murderer of Alcatraz guard, William H. Miller, stands... Joseph Paul Kretzer, Alcatraz, number 548. Wanted on warrants. Charging more than a dozen bank robberies, Kretzer and a woman companion sped through the streets of Michigan City, Indiana on the early morning of June 7th, 1939. Aren't you going to make a run for it? Me? Run from the cops? You're not going to let him take that. Watch. Give me that gun. I get it. Here he comes. 
telescoping. Right? Do you think you killed him? I don't know, and I don't care. But every cop we meet is going to learn the same thing. So clutches one guy, they're never going to stop. Investigation traced Kretzer through acquaintances of this gunball to an apartment on Chicago's north side and arrested him. He was sent to McNeil Island Penitentiary for 25 years. A year or so later, he escaped, but was recaptured. With his accomplice, Kretzer was in the anteroom of federal court in Tacoma, awaiting trial for escape. I'll be here for us in a minute, Kyle. Yeah, Kretzer? Look, I ain't going back to no solitary. No? Yeah? There'll be two of them. You take one and I'll take the other. Go for the guns. And look, Crutcher, that's suicide, I'm... So not... what? It's better than rotting away the rest of your life. Okay, I'm with you. Shh, shh, shh. Coming. All right, Crutcher. All right, let's go. Okay, okay, don't rush. No! What are you gonna... They got no guns! All right, let's go. companion got only to the end of the corridor. There they were subdued by other federal officers. The United States Marshal, struck down by Kretzer, was killed by a blow to the head. Thus, Joseph Paul Kretzer came to Alcatraz for life, for murder. Bernard Paul Coy, number 415. I'm Coy. I'm a bank robber who didn't like being caught. They sent me to Leavenworth for 25 years. They expect me to sit down and wait those 25 years. I showed those guys I was too tough for Leavenworth. Thus, Bernard Paul Coy came to Alcatraz. Marvin Franklin Hubbard, number 645. I'm Hubbard. I broke out of prison three times in Oklahoma and Idaho. The last time a cop tried to stop us near Chattanooga, Tennessee. Instead of the cop taking us in, we took the cop along. Then we ran into a bunch of cops. I shot one, but they nabbed us. Thus, Marvin Franklin Hubbard came to Alcatraz. Myron Edgar Thompson, number 729. I'm Thompson. I killed a cop, I kidnapped three people, and I broke out of jail eight times. You ever hear of Blackie Thompson? Well, he was a Texas bad man. He was my brother, see? The cops at Amarillo got him. I hate Amarillo cops. Yes, Myron Thompson claimed Blackie Thompson as his brother and swore vengeance on the Amarillo police. About a year ago, shortly after his last jailbreak, Thompson and a companion were driving toward Amarillo. See that curve right ahead there? Yeah, what about it, Thompson? Right there is where my brother Blackie Thompson was killed by the Amarillo cops. Yeah. Yeah. He shot the tires off his car. He jumped out, but the cops mowed him down. Got 30 slugs in him. Laying right there. I hate cops. But I hate Amarillo cops most. And one of them's in for the surprise of his life.
by our car, Thompson. He's a cop, all right. An Amarillo cop. Hey, you just keep going. We'll walk right up to him. Just a moment, you two. Oh, he, you speaking to us? You strangers here in Amarillo, aren't you? Oh, I, sure. This your car? Well, we bought it from a friend. Got stolen plates on it. Oh, yes. Turn around. <laughs> I got no gun. We'll see about that. Hey, see, I, I told you. Yeah. You'd have to go up to headquarters anyway. Answer a few questions. Okay. Anything you say. Headquarters only up about three blocks. Uh, Amarillo seems to be a pretty good little town. Yeah, there's nice folks in this town. This like... is a pistol in your ribs, copper. Where'd you get that gun? I got it, that's all. And I hate Amarillo cops. I got the wheel. Good. I'll shove them out, Cotton. Look, you dumped it right in front of the police station. Hey! I thought he searched you. Yeah, he did. He didn't find that pistol. Go on, give it a gas. Yeah. Well, Amarillo cop kills Blackie. And I kill an Amarillo cop. A short time later, Myron Edgar Thompson kidnapped a young woman and two servants and transported them across the New Mexico state line where he was apprehended. Thus, Myron Edgar Thompson came to Alcatraz. Those are the ringleaders, the desperate criminals who control most of the inside of Alcatraz's impregnable cell house, armed with a variety of weapons. Two hundred odd prisoners not participating in the revolt are herded into the prison yard under the guard of the machine guns of the United States Marines. Navy and Coast Guard boats patrol the island. Join the Navy and see the world. Yeah, and look at us. We circle Alcatraz so many times, I'm dizzy already. And you'd think those cons would have better sense. They know they ain't got a chance. Yeah, they remind me of the Japs, in a way. Yeah? There they go again. Oh, look at these traces. Take my word for it, I'm glad I'm not up on that rock. I had enough people shooting me the last four years. Thursday night, 7.35 p.m. Prisoners continue to hold possession. Two guards wounded in attempt to storm strongholds. Friday, 4.35 a.m., special load of fragmentation bombs and other modern warfare equipment arrives in Alcatraz Island from Benesis Arsenal. Guards launch vigorous assault. By mid-morning on Friday, the entrenched convicts are still holding out. The order is given to drill holes in the roof of the cell house over cell block D, built as escape proof, but conversely, proving attack proof. Through the roof, Alcatraz guards and Pacific veterans of the United States Marine Corps drop hand grenades. Getting pretty hot, boys. Yeah, I told you we shouldn't go through. Yeah, this is better than the electric chair. Yeah, you can say that again, Crutcher. Hey, outside the window. Feed on him. Good shot. Hey, that grenade was close. So close.
battle continues with varying intensity all Friday night. But Saturday morning dawns quietly over Alcatraz. The lull continues. It is deathly still. Shortly after noon, Saturday, May 4th, it is decided to storm the bastion. Armed guards, some flown in from Leavenworth and McNeil Island. Volunteers from San Quentin approach a steel door. None knows what inferno awaits him on the other side of that steel door. shooting men jump for cover. Let's go. Guns ready. There's one. Drop. He's not moving. I'll crawl up to him. of the United States government for the confinement and punishment of the most dangerous criminals with no attempt at rehabilitation is quiet. Gangbusters is a Phillips H. Lord production. Available now from Redfield Arts Audio. This house is full of sounds. My name is Roderick Usher. The loudest is your heart. Who's there? Pounding with fear. The softest is the sound of horror. In this house, terror waits for you in every room. No, no, not through that door. Madness, mystery, imagination. You'll find them all in Edgar Allan Poe's Haunted House of Usher.